the the turning point for me like like the 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 real pivotal turning point for me was I, I was so I was so deep in my alcohol addiction and my depression that I was drinking and driving with our kids in the back seat and I was just so blacked out drunk like I vaguely remember what was happening and, uh, and I got pulled over and I had to go to jail wow. and, and man I only went to jail for 24 hours but it felt like 24 years <laughs> Welcome to the Empowered Manhood Podcast, where men rediscover courageous masculinity. Pull up a chair as we gain strength from the stories of God working in the lives of ordinary men today. These men have discovered that in a world of superficiality and isolation, we need authentic brotherhood to gain strength for the battles we face every day. Brought to you by the ministry of CLC, which challenges men to an uncommon pursuit of Christ. Welcome to Empowered Manhood. Hey guys, welcome back to the Empowered Manhood podcast. I am your host, Mike Hatch, and I will be joined shortly by my co-host, best-selling author, Chris Bollinger. Today, we are speaking with Stacy Gonzalez. Stacy is a master's Christian counselor, a men's coach, a multifamily real estate investor, a podcaster, an author, and a course creator. But most importantly, he would say that he is a beloved son of God, husband and father. He's worked with many clients, including couples to overcome depression, anxiety, trauma, identity issues, anger, addictions, resentment, and many more struggles that plague the world. But now he's heard his calling to help Christian men. You guys are going to be so inspired by Stacy's story of really his discovery of his true identity in Christ, which is something that is so core, so fundamental to who we are as men. This first episode will definitely lay a foundation for you, obviously, to get to know Stacy better, but then also to set him up for what he talks about in the second half of our interview with regard to identity for us as men and how that contributes to how we lead our families and how we lead our wives and how it contributes to our careers. Stacy also, in the second half of our interview, speaks to the issues that he's seeing among men on a regular basis. Remember, guys, this is a listener-supported podcast. So, man, we so appreciate you if you decide to partner with us financially. And if you'd like to do that, you can go to our website at clchq.org. Click on the blue donate button where it brings up another box and uh, you designate how much you want to give. Click click the drop down menu, choose national fund, and then in, in the comments section, just type in there empowered manhood so we know that you found us through this podcast. And again, thank you. Thank you for any support you give us. We really appreciate your help in discipling men all over the world. And then secondly, I wanted to remind you of my brand new book, Manhood Empowered by the Light of the Gospel. Now, unfortunately, I hate to say this, but it was delayed. The release was delayed. It was supposed to be February 21st, yesterday, uh, the day before the release of this episode. And unfortunately, because of supply chain issues for the printer, my publisher told me that it's been pushed back to April 4th. So we have to be patient. <laughs> Got to be patient. 
pray for me in that because man, it's hard. I want I want these books in my hands. I cannot wait to get that first shipment. But you can go on Amazon.com right now to pre-order that book. All right, guys. Hey, thanks for joining us again. Here is the first half of our interview with Stacy Gonzalez. Stacy Gonzalez, welcome to the Empowered Manhood Podcast. Appreciate it, brother. Glad to be here. Been waiting for this for a while. Yes, I was just going to say, I feel like uh, it's it's been a long time coming. We had to reschedule, I think. So I'm really glad to have you on. And uh, and so you and I got to meet, just to kind of let listeners know a little bit, through, uh, through this podcast accelerator program that we're both a part of, just trying to grow our own podcasts and... Um, connect with other podcasters and you were one that that I got to connect with where I feel like man our hearts align our passions align um our, the mission of CLC aligns with what your your uh, your mission is and in fact and we'll we'll get to it later but you're even working on starting a CLC group in your church so really excited to talk to you today and as we always do at the beginning of every one of our episodes I want to start with your fence post story and so just as a reminder for those uh, listeners who are joining us for the first time, if you think about a fence post along a prop, excuse me, a fence along a property, you've got the horizontal pieces that are held up by those vertical posts that uh, that are symbolic of the most significant moments in our lives or people in our lives that make us who we are today. And so Stacy, just to help folks get to know you a little bit better, would love for you to share um Maybe not every fence post, but maybe a few would be great. The key points. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Would love to do that. So uh, originally <laughs> from Southern Texas, uh, just a part of uh, uh, a part of a family that's very blue collar, and that's the way that I was raised. So um, I grew up with a, a lot of fumbling characteristics uh, in, in that regard. And um, Wait, hold on, hold on. You said what characteristics? Blue collar, blue collar and humbling. Okay, I misunderstood you. I thought you said something about bumbling characteristics. That's <laughs> all good. You. Okay, but blue collar, <laughs> yeah, blue collar characteristics. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of my family uh, is in the oil industry, and uh, when I was ten years old, I would say this is probably the 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 turning point for me for um, for a lot of how I identified myself. Whenever I was ten years old, uh, my mother told me that my um, that my stepfather was not indeed my father. And up to that point, um, my life was good and it's always been good. But up to that point, um, I was a really, really happy kid. You know, I had my parents, I had a sister, I had my extended family surrounded me. And so my whole little 10 year old world at that point was crushed. And uh, then things started to make sense, like why my last name was Gonzalez and everybody else's wasn't. And, um, that was the start of, uh, of an identity Gosh, that crisis. that is earth shattering. Yeah. Yeah. It, at the time it hurt and I didn't realize how much it was going to affect me, um, because I wasn't addressing it. So when I did find out that, um, you know, my dad was indeed, you know, somewhere out there in the world and, um, and it wasn't this man who was raising me. Um, lots of confusion settled in, lots of high emotions. A anger was another big one too. And as I went through the motions of life, you know, going into my teen years, later teen years, just, just anger, anger, anger. Like how could my father had left me and my mother? And what I learned that I was doing, I was just chasing this ghost 
I was trying to be better than this man who had left me and my mother and, and basically abandoned me. And, um, I didn't know Christ at this point. Uh, I wasn't saved until I was 29 years old. Um, I had an idea of God and we grew up, um, we grew up Catholic, you know, we're all raised Catholic. So we would you know, periodically go to church, but, um, it, it wasn't a, a big emphasis in my household. So, um, with that said, I would fill a lot of how I identified as a man with worldly stuff. Um, the opposite sex was a big one. The more women that you had, the more better looking that they were, the more of a man that you were. Um, the more dominant you were in sports, the more of a man you were. Um, the more you would put people down, the more of a man you were, things like that. So that's what I was conditioned to think as I was growing up. And that made me feel like I was, I, I think I'm being a man, you know, I'm doing all these things. And, and it did get me some, you know, quote unquote success. You know, I was the popular kid. I was the popular jock. I was always in prime royalty, homecoming royalty, all that stuff. I had a pretty good um, young life, but as I got into adulthood, um, again, I was just chasing the status of if I get this, then I will be a man. And my stepfather was a military man. Uh, so I, I grew up on military basis for most of my childhood, most of my young years. And uh, naturally, as a young boy growing up on a military base, you want to be a soldier, right? Or you want to be in a, a man in uniform. Um, I had asthma really bad, though, growing up. So that really, really hurt my chances of going into the military. So that was kind of out of the question. So the next best thing was be in law enforcement. So I went to school and got my bachelor's in criminal justice with the intent on being a cop or some sort of law enforcement officer. At at the, at the at that time when I graduated from college, that was uh, 2010, the, the economy in that specific niche was horrible. Like no one was hiring. And if they were, it was only like, maybe one or two positions open for like thousands of applicants. So it's like a less than 1% chance of, mm. of anyone getting hired. And so that idea of failure is like, I just wasted four years of school. Now I can't get the position that I want. I am a failure. That's how I identified. I don't know who I am. I have no idea what Gonzalez means. I'm not getting the position that I always desired, that I always dreamed of. I'm not even a man. And so easiest things to uh, to, to wow. numb those feelings alcohol women pornography uh, drugs just 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 being uh just being a rebel mm. you know and and I, I i enjoyed the attention that i got from that but man it was short-lived just temporary hits of pleasure that all those things brought me only increased depression only increased anxiety only increased um the void that i had in my heart like Dude, you're you're meant for so much more. Why why do you keep defaulting to this stuff? And uh, it it got to a point where I was making decisions based on what I thought other people thought was best for me, like my first marriage. Um, and it got my ex wife pregnant. Um, just decided that we would get married because uh, I, I think that's the right thing to do. You know, my parents would probably appreciate that. My family would appreciate that. Um, that was definitely not from the heart and. I absolutely hated myself for allowing myself to get into that marriage because I, I, I didn't want it, but I did it for other people. And, uh, and that wasn't fair to her or, mm. or her son. I mean, I was a horrible husband. I was a horrible stepfather. Um, and it's, uh, it's like this vicious cycle where you don't like who you are, but you keep 
being that same man and you keep hating yourself for being that man. And we have so much access to things like booze and porn that that's, that was basically my life for my mid to the later twenties. And eventually her and I separated. Um, at this point in time, I'm in my mining career, um, in a leadership position, making pretty good money. I have a good home, have good cars, have, you know, some pretty good vacations. You know, I had like good worldly stuff, but still none of it was bringing me any fulfillment at all. Um, met my second wife. We end up having a daughter together, uh, and we're still married to this day. We're in a really, really great place right now. But the the turning point for me, like like the 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 real pivotal turning point for me was I, I was so I was so deep in my alcohol addiction and my depression that I was drinking and driving with our kids in the back seat, and I was just so blacked out drunk. Like I v- vaguely remember what was happening. And, uh, and I got pulled over and I had to go to jail wow. and, and man, I only went to jail for 24 hours, but it felt like 24 years. <laughs> and yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine. Yeah. That was just shy of my 30th birthday. So I was 29 years old. This was January, 2018. And that, uh, man, the, the demons in my mind were speaking loud. Mm. Like you almost killed your kids. You almost killed innocent bystanders. You are a failure. Like you're definitely not a man now. Like, how can you ever think that you're you're mm. gonna get yourself out of this? So, get out of jail, and man, I'm just like, no emotion at all. Like, I have no idea where I'm supposed to go from here. Like, no idea. Um, I, I, honestly, like, not being here in the world was becoming a a better and better option at, with, with each passing minute. You know, might as well just. Uh, not be a burden to anyone, you know. Uh, and then my mother-in-law invited wow. us to church. Thank God, God bless that woman for invited uh, for inviting us to church because I was like, I, I mean, I guess. I mean, what 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 else am I going to do at this point? You know, <laughs> I've been going to church and I don't know how long. Yeah, uh, I I probably could use it right now. So this was Easter of that same year, Easter of 2018. So a few months had gone by, <laughs> and um, that is the first time that I had a supernatural experience with God and uh, I'll never forget the conversation that that uh, that he had with me he he was telling me that I was forgiven hmm. and I was fighting with him it was like a classic Moses moment I was fighting with him like there's no way that I could be forgiven like you know all the horrible things I've done you know all the people that I've hurt hmm. um, how is it possible for me to be forgiven for that? And I'll never forget this. He told me my son has already paid for that. And I'm even getting goosebumps talking about it right now. And yeah, I was just going to real quick, just to stop you for a second. Was this, was this kind of, um, do you feel like God was like speaking to your heart? Some people hear it audibly. Some people don't. Was it something like through the, the message that was being preached, the worship, was it a combination of all those things? Like, what would you, what would you That's say a that? great question, and the the best way that I can describe it is it was like a supernatural sixth sense. I couldn't really hear him, I couldn't really mm. feel him, I couldn't really see him, but it was like all of those in one, and um, it was just me and him. I mean, it was it was an Easter service. So I was I was in wow. a church full of hundreds. I don't think there's thousands, but there was hundreds of people in there, yeah. and. There was just this shift from where I heard the pastor giving the sermon, and then all of a sudden he wasn't. And then it was 
me and in the presence of God. It was just me and him. And um, wow, that's amazing. So, and this was your first time to church. First time uh, in a non-denominational church that I can recall. I don't think I'd ever gone to a church service like that. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, everything else prior to that experience. was, uh, you know, Catholic services, you know, Easter services, uh, Christmas services, so on and so forth. Okay. Um, but okay. so I knew whatever was happening was for real because I had never experienced forgiveness from anyone or anything prior to that. No one had ever told me that they had forgiven me. Wow. Uh, I sure as heck hadn't forgiven myself. So when he told me my son has already paid for that, all you have to do is say yes to me. And I did. I wasn't about to tell him no. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> told him yes. I was going to commit uh, my life to him. And um, and I did. And after that, I was on fire for Christ. Like, I want to know everything about Jesus. I want to know everything about God. I wanted to actually do something, but I didn't know what to do. And I would ask people, like, what do I do now? I'm born again. I'm saved. Like, dude, what, what happens now? <laughs> and then um, – yeah. Then he put Grand Canyon University's Christian counseling program basically in my lap. And I knew it was from him because when I inquired about it, um, they were phasing out that program. And, and if I didn't enroll like that mm. week, then um, then the program would have been irrelevant. I would have to start then, finish in four years, mm. four and a half years for, for me to actually complete the entirety. So I'm like, okay, God, uh, I'm pretty sure this is where you want me to go. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And, and yeah, man, fast forward uh, a few years, I started my practice, started working a lot with men, um, started really tapping into who I am and um, what I was meant to do, who I was meant to help. And the cool thing uh, about this little journey is that um, I did reach out to my biological father shortly after that incident, and, and him and I have a good relationship right now. We're, we're basically friends. You know, at this point, I don't need him to be a, a father. We're, we're both grown men, but... Uh, I, yeah. I got to know a little bit about who I am, <laughs> at least on his side. And so now I know both halves of me. Wow. And uh, I started researching uh, my name, and it, it actually is translated to one who is in battle or warrior. So when I found that out, I was like, oh, thank you, God. Like, that just makes so much sense. Like, wow. Ever since I was a little boy, I had like this ambitious fire within me that I just wanted to keep just wanted to keep it quiet because I didn't want to offend anyone. I didn't want to hurt anyone. I didn't want to be judged. You know, there's a lot of fear. Most most things that hold us back are fear based, if not all things. Yeah. But when I found that out that yeah. my last name actually means one who is in battle, I was like, oh my goodness. Like okay, I know what I'm supposed to do now. Dude. I at least know the idea of the direction <laughs> that I'm supposed to go. And uh, yeah, when I came across your guys' uh, podcast, Empowered Manhood, I mean, man, those are like two words. And I'm like, yep, I got to be a part of that. I don't care what it is, but and that's my kind of verbiage. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's the short Dude, story. That man. is incredible. And that is motivating, very motivating to know that that was your whole, I can't imagine the the rise of, of purpose and passion that probably came from that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty incredible. The last hey. five years of my life have have been um, so fulfilling compared to the first thirty. You know, it's 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 insane to to think. Oh my gosh! Like, I, I've I feel like I've lived a few lifetimes the last five years just 
having a relationship with Christ and obeying him and, and taking action. I'm a firm believer that God wants us to take action. Um, I think what kind of gets us, us as men in trouble is we, we, we sit back and, and just pray too much. We need to be praying all the time. Absolutely. But prayers are answered with opportunities for us to take action, you know, because otherwise I, I don't, I don't think God would have created us just to sit around and, and pray all the time. <laughs> he wants us to go and do things. And Jesus is a is a prime example. He woke up before everybody else. He went out, he prayed, he had his one-on-one time with the Father, and then he went out and got after it. I don't know how many miles he put underneath his feet, but I, I would bet that he burned through a few pairs of sandals, you know, taking action and, and moving. So that's... Uh, I really, really take that to heart with my identity as a warrior. Like, I firmly believe that God wants us to move. Stacy, how did things change with your stepdad? You mentioned you met with your birth dad and reconciled with him, but how did things change with your stepdad? Ha- have they? Has your relationship changed there? It, it has, not in, in the ways that I would have thought. Um, so my mom and my stepfather are estranged right now, and I've tried mm-hmm. to... I've tried to reconcile in a way to where I understand where they're at because they're still trying to heal from things that happened in in the late '80s, early '90s, and mm-hmm. um, it's it's hard for me to see them in in that position because I'm always going to love them, I'm always going to appreciate them, and obviously my, my mother and and my stepdad, the one who raised me. But um, I, I can definitely tell that he still has some insecurities about the whole thing, and uh, and I really feel for him, you know. And I don't want us to be estranged, but they were they were doing things that was really hurting my wife and, and hurting my my kids. So I struggled with mm-hmm. that. I struggled to know, okay, what's my role here, God? And and then he. Um, he led me to the scripture where, you know, man leaves his parents to go be with his wife. And he basically right. told me, like, you're going to have to make a decision. Uh, is your priority being a, a godly husband right now or is it being a son? And uh, that was a painful decision, but I had to uh, I had to be a godly husband. I had to be a godly father. And, again, that doesn't mean that I don't love and appreciate my parents. I 1 million percent do. Um, yeah, so that's where that relationship is right now and uh i have faith that that things will uh, eventually heal and reconcile in the future and you got married to your um second wife your Mm -hmm. current wife before you got saved right Mm -hmm. so how how has that relationship changed in the past four or five years oh my gosh like i i tell people all the time like she has had every right to leave especially after after uh I almost uh, unintentionally killed our kids, but she hasn't. She's stuck in by me. She's stuck by me this whole entire time. And um, one of the things that I love so much about her is that she she sees the best in me no matter what, and she supports it. And she has questions. <laughs> she always has questions. When I get these crazy ideas, she makes sure that her concerns are put to the table and um, and she makes sure that her fears are at least eased. But at the end of the day, she believes in me and she supports me. And uh, it's it's really incredible to have uh, to have her in my life. There, there's no way I'd be here with, without her for sure. Was she a believer before you guys met? Similar to me, loosely, but um, okay. 
but but not not walking with God, not walking with Christ. And this is like one of the most fulfilling things for me is being able to lead my family, like being able to lead her, being mm-hmm. able to have Bible study with her and our kids. Um, my kids absolutely beg for Bible stories before we go to bed at night, which um, I'll admit I don't appreciate as much as I should, but I, I love knowing <laughs> that I was a part of leading them there. Can you talk a little bit about, because at one point, and I'm not sure, actually, I should have checked this before we jumped on, if, if this is still kind of your, your how do I say, the branding or theme or mantra that you have. Mm. But you, I remember before you had something called the crowned mm. legacy. Um, and if that's changed, feel free to correct me. But I'm just I'm just curious about how how your story played into this this new kind of um uh, what's the word, maybe emphasis or direction of, of your ministry and where God's calling you to, you know, what, what, how did that happen? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. It, um, it, it still is the same. Yeah. My, my podcast is called the crown legacy podcast. Okay. My coaching business is uh, crown legacy coaching LLC. So the okay. legacy part, um, is directly related to my identity with my family and how I had to look at my family tree and be like, Oh my gosh, like I was basically copying and pasting everything that my parents and grandparents and great parents, like everyone before me, divorce, alcoholism, mm. broken families, um, mm. d- depression, like, mm. uh, people don't, people not talking to each other. It, it was just, um, generations of, uh, toxic habits that I was uh, unconsciously or subconsciously repeating. And when I found out what Gonzalez meant and, and um, what that meant for me with my walk with Christ was I am going to be the one who changes things around for my family. Um, I can't, I can't think of his name, but there's a, uh, there's a, an old professor out there who, who wrote about that. There's always the one in the family that basically one eighties, the, the trajectory of a family. And when I read that, I was like, Oh my gosh, thank you, God. Cause that's me. Like I'm going to be the one who changes the legacy for my kids and their kids and their kids. And, um, wow. And one of Jesus's names is the King of Kings. And I don't think we emphasize hmm. the lowercase, Okay, as much as we should. I'm also a firm believer that us as mm. individual um, Christian men are supposed to be the kings of our own lives, serving the one true king. And that doesn't mean that we go out and conquer nations. That doesn't mean that you know <laughs> we go and and subdue people or anything like that. It just means that we have 100% responsibility for our lives. Like we are the kings of our own lives in that regard, serving the uppercase king. So I basically just collab those two together knowing that i am a king for the true king and um i'm going to be the one who establishes a godly legacy for for my family that's amazing i love it but then i assume that your wife to chris's point has probably seen that that change where you've kind of assumed more responsibility for the family in certain ways um to kind of to kind of redirect or change the uh the legacy that was handed down to you yeah she um she comes from a family of women so she has two sisters um their their father passed away before i even met 
All right, guys, that is all the time we have for this episode. Make sure you join us back here for the second episode, which release on Friday, where we will touch more on the issues that Stacy sees as he's coaching and counseling men from all over the world. And he offers tremendous insight and encouragement on how to solidify our identity in Christ. All right, guys, until next time, keep living in power.